This the Black Powder Podcast. Kick up your feet, lean on your armrest, and get your mind blessed on this conquest. Hold a grip like a 12 gauge. Let this moment kick. Black people moving and having some gun ownership. I carry weight, not to keep the camera safe. Just thinking about you, my kids, and my parents' faces. The big topics they don't wanna involve us. Think we're novice, but now we're moving hard with revolvers. This the Black Powder Podcast. Let's get it started. Primer sent the powders lit. It's time to get on target. Welcome to another episode of the Black Party Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Yasuke Fett. And just a general reminder of your marching orders and why we have created the Black Powder Podcast. The main mission is to change the social view of black society and firearms. How do we do that? Glad you ask. We talk, walk, read, write, and think about it to find a better solution for a brighter future for the proper protection of black people. Join us through education, practice, and safety as we take down the stigma of black people and guns one discussion at a time. And just a general reminder, you cannot do a mag dump without a couple of rounds. So if you like what you're hearing and you happen to like this show, send out an email to blackpatterpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what your favorite episode is. Whether or not you agree, disagree, or have questions, please make sure to send them to blackpatterpodcast at gmail.com. And always... Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. The only way to continue to grow is to continue to share this knowledge with other people. And the only way to even get the message out is to let everyone know. So once again, if you like what you heard and would like to continue to hear, please like, share, and subscribe. And as always, you can find us on multiple platforms, especially main ones. Uh, as of recently, we are now on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Audible. It is September 5th, 2022. Currently, we're six days away from the inaugural anniversary of the Black Rider podcast. Most of y'all don't know, but this got started back in 2021 due to uh, the results of a lot of civil unrest, a lot of increased purchases of firearms amongst black people, a lot of uh, miseducation versus a lot of education versus a lot of action versus a lot of words, so on and so forth. Uh, mainly, my mission stays the same. It's to see the proper education of black people and black society whenever it comes to firearms and making sure that we are able to take our image back from the social standards that the media has portrayed us as. Today, I'm just going to kind of freestyle it. You know, uh, it's been real busy lately. Uh, I've been back and forth trying to take care of some personal stuff. Uh, in my own life, as well as uh, trying to find ways to enjoy myself as well. Uh, I got some good information as far as what to do whenever you're dealing with depression. Basically, anytime you're dealing with depression, you may end up dealing with it in waves, nonetheless. Make sure that when those waves have come to a a halt or they slow down you go back and you fill up all the emptiness with things that make you happy things that make you joyful so currently that's what i've been doing uh on that note shout out to the bass reef chapter of naga i know a couple of members listen uh, i don't know how many but hey if y'all do please like share subscribe uh send out you know send an email Whatever you can do to let me know you support the show. I appreciate that. Any BGOE listeners out there, Black Gun Owners in Education, hey, 
Shout out to y'all as well. Uh, do need to get more active in that group as well, but you know, it's been a while. Uh, got to check my membership status. <laughs> and to all my friends, my family, my loved ones, if you're listening, I appreciate the support. Um, couldn't do it without y'all. Shout out to uh, Kevin, Yardley, and anybody else that's listening. Part of uh, NAGA. And thank y'all very much for the events that we've gone to. There's been a lot of uh, brotherhood and a lot of knowledge that's been shared. Especially um, during the first uh, Bass Reeves men's event. The men's range event. That was awesome. But even just the regular events themselves. You know, just seeing a lot of... Uh, unification of brothers and sisters trying to go and learn how to use firearms properly and and get educated about this stuff it's a really great and inspirational thing to see Uh, again as far as my supporters shout out to my dad as well Uh, I took him to the men's event and I think he enjoyed it Uh, surprise I'm still his son because I know we had a a competition it was kind of a steel shoot competition and None of us really hit the target except for me. The goal was to try and get the, uh, I think there was like two paddles on on, uh, both sides, right? So my side had two and his side had two. And the goal was to try and get all the paddles or at least more paddles on the opposite uh, sides, uh, of the opposite side in order to win. Y'all gotta excuse me, this Mountain Dew and Gin is kicking in a little bit. (laughs) Um, Mango Mountain Dew, which is seasonal. And uh, Roku Gen. It's nice. It's smooth. Keeps you a little warm. But hey, maybe I'll do an episode on uh, on uh, different different gins or whatever. I don't know. Different sakes. I like sake. I like gin. I like uh, plum wine. Anything that's Japanese as far as um, liquor. You know, I do like that as well. Suntory. Whew. That stuff will probably clean all the carbon out of a firearm but nonetheless uh lucky to be to be uh my father's son still because i won that competition by one i put three on his side i had one on mine and uh everything else we both missed so hey it's a good time but the one thing that definitely stands out as far as going to these events is the fact that i am slowly seeing some progress as far as getting better uh in the field of firearms and the range of uh, just focusing on my one pistol mechanic uh, SFX TB9 SFX to be exact not the um, Mete and not the rival but the old school classic SFX uh, I'm determined to make that my my go to firearm so I'm going to keep working at it and with any luck actually not even luck with a lot of practice and a lot of skill gained over time I know I'm going to become proficient with that firearm. But speaking of brotherhood and unity, uh, going back to an incident that happened to me at my job, and it was real interesting how it went down. Um, For those of y'all who know me in my personal life, you do know where I work at. For those of you who don't, we're just going to go ahead and make up a fantasy situation. So go ahead, fill in the blank. I mean, hey, I may be a tank driver. I might be piloting a Millennium Falcon. I mean, hey, who knows? You'll never know unless you know. But here we go. Story time with Yasuke Fett. A few weeks back at my job, 
I was waiting somewhere. Somebody needed some help. Seeing as how I am in the customer service field, it wouldn't put pounds or dollars or whatever in my paycheck if I just shrugged somebody off, somebody off and I didn't help them. Literally, they needed to get from point A to point B. And point A was on one side. Point B was probably a good 10, let's say five to 10 blocks away. Uh, let me see a measurement standards. I don't think it'll be 10 blocks away. Let's just say it would take at least on foot 10, 15 minutes to get there, right? This person had never traversed the area of my workplace before and they did request help but sometimes the help isn't always on time nonetheless i take it upon myself being the type of person that i am i try to brag i'm just telling a story here uh took it upon myself to take that person from point a to point b on foot both of us walking there get to the get to point b and we're just chopping it up. Come to find out this dude is like, uh, I think a booker as far as uh, trying to make sure that a group of rappers could continue to produce and make music and go from point A to point B. Nonetheless, you know, that's what his job was. I think he even rapped a little bit too. But hey, chopped it up, had some good conversations. Get to point B, conversation's still going on. You know, I said, all right, cool. Uh, we're still talking all of a sudden this young black kid in his 20s. He's kind of standing in front of us, you know, for a good minute or so. And I'm looking at him. He's not saying anything. He's just kind of hovering, if you will. So I finally said, hey, do you need any help? Now, off the jump, I had not talked to this gentleman. I had not had words with this dude. I didn't even look at him funny. I just said, hey, do you need help? To which he replies, yes, I could use some help. And I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing this because honestly, the first thing he said didn't stick. It was the second thing he said. But nonetheless, he replies with, yes, I could use some help. And if you would, please kindly make sure to set your arrogance aside. Once again, I don't know this dude from Adam, never met him before. Pretty sure I wasn't being pranked or punked, you know, and sometimes my eyebrows have a tendency to get me in trouble because I'm over here looking like Dwayne Johnson once he sees something that's very peculiar and lo and behold, that right eyebrow did shoot up. And it doesn't help that I'm six foot two. So certain people not only are they gonna get the eyebrow, but they're gonna look down upon too. And this kid was getting that full effect. But me being understanding, I said, let's try this again. <laughs> my name is Yasuke. And who are you? Held out my hand for him to shake it so we could reset that whole conversation. The gentleman from earlier, he said, hey, appreciate it, walked off. So, start talking to this young man, kind of find out. I think he said he was 27. He had come to the city overnight and had no real plans as far as what he was gonna do for employment, where he was gonna stay at, 
so on and so forth. This kid didn't have a plan or a prayer in the world. He was just here. And for somebody who spoke so boldly, he wanted to make sure that he could tell me his backstory away from the average everyday customer. Because there was a, a lot of customers walking by. So I said, okay, fine. Let's go ahead. What's your backstory, kid? Tears start pouring from his eyes. I mean, they're like big blue waterfalls just coming down, coming out of his eyes. I mean, well enough. It was like one of those big ugly cries where, you know, if you were if you were in front of like a little toddler or something, they did a cry like that. You see that bungee cord snot bubble just <laughs> Yeah, you would see something like that. This was a uh, coming from a 27 year old man. You know, that big ugly cry. Nonetheless, kind of find out that he had come from South Africa. He literally flew over to America from South Africa to be with the woman that he quote unquote loved. Now, this wasn't his wife. This wasn't his fiance. This was his girlfriend, I'm assuming, or, you know, some woman that claimed she loved him. So woman ends up having this baby and for the record it's an older white woman okay not against white people but you know when uh, certain things look suspect and this looked extremely suspect this kid like i said was 27 this woman looked like she was probably 40 maybe 50 I don't know what was going on in the background, but I'm assuming she was 40, maybe 50. If she was younger, she was probably doing some things in her life that caused her to age quickly, if you know what I mean. So nonetheless, ended up having a baby with the woman. She starts controlling him. And the easiest way for her to control him is through the police. I believe I did a episode on that a while ago. But nonetheless, those of you who do listen know how I feel as far as weaponizing the police against not just men in general, which, you know, I definitely don't agree with, but especially black men, because we potentially have a higher mortality rate whenever something goes wrong. So his answer was to flee the city. I can't remember where he came from. I think it was like Indianapolis or something. I, I don't know. Was, no, no, no. He came from Tennessee. Tennessee to Atlanta. His answer was to flee because not only was she calling the police and weaponized the police against him, uh, utilizing her advantage as, a, as an older white woman, but she was also making sure that she kept his child away from him. So he's literally watching his kid grow up in fear watching his kid grow up in a bad environment because the other things he was telling me is that she would the only food she would have available was like fast food she wouldn't cook she wouldn't clean she wouldn't do anything around the house she didn't have a job he was the one that had a job i believe but nonetheless she wasn't really taking care of her side of the bargain and she kicked him out so he tried to actually go to uh one of those centers for help or whatever. And he claimed that most of those centers were ran by drug addicts, meth addicts, crackheads, or whatever. And he didn't feel safe in his own city. Hence the reason he came to Atlanta. 
His sister booked him a ticket to Atlanta. So here I am listening to this story. And I guess all it takes is the right story on the right day for the right person. And I said, yeah, let's go ahead and see if we can get you back on your feet, man. Gave this dude enough money to purchase an Airbnb and take care of himself for a week, at least to get to, until he could find a job. And around here, possibly even in other cities too, Amazon's hiring, Walmart's hiring. I mean, for the most part, you could probably step out the door and trip over a job easily because we still have a situation of, uh, I think it's still supposedly quote unquote, it's a lower unemployment rate, but you know, there's still jobs that aren't really being picked up, but nonetheless, you know, that I say all that to basically say that it's real easy just to potentially find a job out there. So walk this kid to the front of the, you know, front of my workplace. Actually, no, not even walked him. I made sure he ate because he had stayed overnight in Atlanta. So I made sure he ate. Bought him breakfast, told him not to worry about it because he, you know, he supposedly didn't have a dime in his name once he got there. Uh, made sure he had breakfast, fed him. We sat down, we talked. Uh, I told him that, yeah, you were basically being controlled. He was like a, not a mail order bride, but in a sense, he was like a mail order groom because there was no real movement as far as them actually creating a quote unquote positive life. I also came to find out that uh, due to the fact that the woman, his girl, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, uh, due to the fact that she didn't cook, he said he went to the doctor and now the doctor told him he had diabetes, which I asked if he got a second opinion. He said no, but based on the way everything is, I probably wouldn't put it past the fact that he's got diabetes, unfortunately. Um, nonetheless, while he's eating his breakfast, I'm over there. I'm looking up Airbnbs. I'm trying to find uh, a ways to get him from point A to point B, you know, so on and so forth. I'm calling my own network, mind you to try and see if I could at least find him a job because he was a, uh, a quote unquote photographer as well as a, uh, I think a graphic designer, a content creator, whatever, which in this oversaturated market is pretty much a dime, a dime a dozen. So he's already come to Atlanta with a very minimal skill set and no plan as far as what he's going to do. So, when he got to the front of my workplace, and this is after I gave my number, I said, give me a call once you get to the place. He still had his phone, so all he had to do was download like the Airbnb app or the Uber app or the Lyft app, whatever. And this was all around 9.30, 10 o'clock. I get off of work at 9.30. Excuse me, I get off of work at 3.30 p.m. Why is it that as that time progressed and I get towards the end of my shift, I get a text message around, I'd say 2.40, It was because I was trying to reach out to him to see what the progress was. This fool said, 
he was thinking about going back to his girlfriend. Maybe he could fix it. I know it's real easy for me to look down upon that and be pissed off, which I rightfully was. But in a sense, I guess it would be kind of selfish because it wasn't my burden to bear. It wasn't my problem. I was just trying to help get him out of that situation because when you get caught up in, when you fall into a den of wolves or you find yourselves in a den of wolves, you know, it's not exactly the easiest thing for you to escape. You need the help of other people. But the only way you can accept the help of other people is by accepting the fact that you have an issue. You're in trouble. You're in danger. But you're also in denial. So I had to give him a pass on that. Three o'clock hits. It takes at least from my location about 15, 20 minutes to get to the front of the, my workplace. Get to the front of my workplace. Realize he was uh, at the food place, right? This food joint. So I said, what are you doing here? And this is after he had an issue trying to take the money I, I gave him and finding a way to put on a cart in order to utilize it around uh, utilize it around the town, around the city of Atlanta. On top of that, the other problem was he had a, uh, he had an expired learner's permit, but he had a valid US passport. The other thing is he had been in Tennessee for I think 11 years. I don't know, that story just keep getting stranger and stranger, but that's what I was told. I'm just going with it. So nonetheless, found a way to get the money on the card because there's a, you know, Walmart and possibly other other places. I think Western Union, too. They will actually put money on your cash app card for you. So that's what he did. Nonetheless, here we are. Three, three thirty now. I'm at the front of my workplace. He's in the food court. And I stared this dude down. I'm like, what are you doing? You, my exact words were, you asked me to set my arrogance aside. What do you think you're doing right now? Hit him with his own shit. Because at this point, it's like, you're sitting here, and I was, uh, you're sitting here, you're, you're dogging people in America, you're dogging people in your, your home state, you're just dogging people and, and tearing them down and everything, and yet, here you are, not really living up to the expectations of the people that you strangers at that that you don't know anytime somebody helps you at least try and fail before you sit down and say i can't go any farther i can't do anything and it seems like a lot of people nowadays won't even try and fail first they'll just they'll quit before they even get get anywhere so i asked him what he planned on doing as far as anything he said he wanted to go to Indianapolis to be close to his sister and come to find out his sister had actually went and set him up with transportation to get there so I said what are you still doing here he shrugged and it wasn't like 
it wasn't like a normal like oh, I thought about it but it didn't work type of shrug it was like one of those you know when you're young dumb and ignorant and the only answer you can come up with is I don't know it was one of those shrugs head tilted to the side shoulders up and everything and when I tell you I was even more pissed off at that point I was done I could have I could have cared less about getting the money back. I just wanted the kid out of my I wanted him out of my presence. Cause like you sitting here, you giving all these sob these sob stories, and I told him he was victimized. You do know that you've been victimized, right? That my exact words. And he said, "What do you mean?" This was over text message before I got here. Nobody really knows that they're the victim until it's too late, or until things have gone down to the point where the cards on the table. And there's no other place. This kid was a victim. Supposedly he thought that going to his sister would solve the problem. But if anything, it's only going to make the problem worse for him. Because at 27 years old, especially being a young black male, a young black immigrant male at that. But let's just keep it. You're young and you're a male. When you screw your life up, you don't have a lot of lifelines. There's not a lot of options out there for you. And here you are sitting here making 18 year old decisions at the quote unquote young tender age of 27. Like you still got some time. And you're refusing to accept the fact that you're a victim and you're refusing to accept the real help that you need. Which brings me to my point. Unification and brotherhood. Oh, by the way, I made sure he found his way to the transportation that his sister set up for him. He gave my money back, but I, I just, <laughs> I was done. He held out his fist for a fist bump. I gave him a fist bump and I was looking away because as soon as I fist bumped him, I walked off. I'm like, I can't do this. I tried. This is the best you're gonna do after I gave you the best that I could. I mean, hey. Balls in your court now. I can't do much for you. But nonetheless, unification, brotherhood, or just unification, family, brotherhood, whatever, your pack, if you will. If you don't have that in your life, if you don't have inspirational role models to look up to, if you don't even have a father figure to look up to, like so many of us in this black society, You're gonna ignore the fact that you're victimized. You're gonna ignore the fact that you're going through things. You're gonna ignore the fact that you need help. And I think sometimes, whenever it comes to firearms and black people, and let's be real, it's not all black people, for God's sakes. I don't even, I shouldn't even have to say this, but lo and behold, we're in 2022 and I gotta make sure I don't offend anybody, but just for the record, the people who are out there and they think that having one firearm and no research and no backup or anything to make sure that they can stay safe, you know, doing it, doing some street shit, if you will, or just doing some macho shit, you are a victim. You fall in the same boat as that young man, no matter what your age is. And that's because you're refusing to get help. Don't be like that. Don't be like that young man. Because at the end of the day, when you need help, 
you might not be as fortunate as he was to find somebody to help him out in his situation. Not only is it up to you to take care of yourself and make sure that you're on a good platform and a good plane in life, but it's also up to you to make the connections or find the education and the knowledge to get you there. Long time ago, people would forever be students. They would forever be studying. They'd be forever trying to better themselves. And now we're in a day, we're day and age, if you will, that yeah, we're walking around with freaking supercomputers in our pockets and nobody can find a simple answer as far as where they need to go to. People are always asking for help without trying to look for it for themselves first. In our society, we can't afford to do that. In our society, we can't rely on certain entities to do that for us because those entities are always quick to screw us over whenever we least expect it. But at this point, it should always be expected. Like my mentor said, if you're black and you're in America, you need counseling. Because being black in America makes you a victim. That's nothing to be ashamed of. It's the way the game was set up. But that doesn't mean that we have to accept our our pieces and our places in this game, especially whenever we can get better. So ultimately, what am I saying? Never turn down brotherhood. Find those that can rock with you just like you'll rock with them. And never be afraid to make connections. Because at the end of the day, that is what we are going to need as black people in order to survive this realm called America. The end. Mag dump. If you like what you heard, as always, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. The only way to do a successful mag dump is to make sure that you have ammunition. And the only way we can combat the image that is portrayed of black people in media versus the actual image of black people is to let other black people know. In order to do that, please like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a family member, look us up on Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, and many more platforms. This the Black Powder Podcast, let's get it splitting. We got the wisdom hitting targets with a mark with precision. We're having fun in the booth, we're running gun for the truth. Yeah, every future black gun owner was spreading the news. We do it legal, we're moving regal and blessing the people. Some hopes for the culture, we keep it locked like guns in our holster. Holding it down as we're loading the rounds. If they were nervous back then, then they're gonna be scared of us now. Black Powder Podcast, we'll be back in a while. Yeah.